for those of you that picked up your handout, there's no fill-ins today. And I just gave you some of my favorite scriptures. And I don't know if you could tell, but I can't just kept thinking, oh, well, this one, and then this one, and then this one. And so I quit putting them all down and just gave you some of the references. But I wanted to talk to you a little bit this morning about blessings. And oh, the council at a council meeting a couple of months ago, Pastor Chris said, well, I'm going to be gone the first week in May and the first week in June, and asked us, would anybody like to speak? Well, Kelly's a brave soul, and she volunteered right away. I'll take, I'll take May, and I just kind of kept my mouth shut. Well, that next week, I kept waking up in the middle of the night with the song, The Blessing, on my mind. And... You know, it talks about how God will bless your children and their children and their children and up to a thousand generations. And I kept thinking about this and waking up with that song and that thought. And so I thought, well, Pastor Chris, I guess I'll take June. And, and so I wasn't real sure exactly where that was going, but that's what, I, what kept it was in my mind. And then last week, Pastor Chris talked about Jacob and how it went from Abraham to Isaac and to Jacob and Esau and talked about generational blessings and generational curses. Well, I'm going to focus on general, generational blessings this morning. And... Um, I really, I really believe that, you know, the blessings are something that we look at. Um, Webster's Dictionary, I wrote here, um, looked it up and it said, the definition to count one of its blessings is to make a special effort to appreciate the good things in our life. So that's important. And so I wanted to talk about the blessings in my life. And so this is really going to be a little bit of a testimony time today. Um, a couple of you have known me for many years and may know some of this, but others of you may not know all this about me. And that's not, not that I'm anybody special. I'm really one of those just ordinary life people. And, you know, we look at the people in the Bible and you know, they had ordinary lives too. And we kind of have heard that Pastor Chris talked about Abraham, how he was probably just kind of an ordinary guy, but he had trusted God and had blessings. So when sometimes people ask you to give your testimony, you think, well, I don't got any testimony. Well, but, but maybe you do. Um, I was blessed by be, being born into a family that had a Christian heritage. And one of my biggest blessings is sitting right over there. Um, I was born to a young couple. They were just 20 years old and 20 days old when I was born. And uh, I know that they were very excited. And, and so I can say, yes, I was the favorite. Well, I was the first, but I was the favorite at that point in time anyway. Um, so... Uh, they, they brought this Christian heritage, and I, and I brought some visuals today. This is my maternal grandparents' bi family Bible. 
And it's not just something that sat on the shelf. They read it. They used it. And there's notes written through it. And when my, my mom's mother passed away, that was one of the things that I asked for, is could I have that Bible? I wanted it as a, as a special heritage. And then when my father's mother passed away, I asked for one of her Bibles. And this Bible was actually used by my grandmother, but it was also used by my great-grandmother. So it's really special to me, and, and these have a special place in my home. And then later I got married, and when my mother-in-law passed away, I asked for one of her Bibles. So I've got quite a heritage here, and, and it's just a visual representation that God has had his hand on my life long before I was even here. Before this, we had preachers in the family. And my sister Debbie, if she were here, she could tell you all about it because she studied all the gene genealogies. And genealogies are actually important in the Bible. The Bible is full of the begats, and this one begat this one, and this begat that one. And you, sometimes you kind of wonder, well, what's all that about? What does it mean, and how does it apply to me? Well, I'm not sure. Honestly, I, sometimes I kind of skim over some of those. But, but it's true that it shows a heritage and importance of faith and how that the good things in life kind of continued. Well, how are we blessed? And the Bible is full of accounts of people that had many struggles, but God got them through all of those struggles. And got the, they got through those struggles because, not that they were anybody special, but they put their faith and their trust in God. And God got him through that. In fact, Jesus, when he was preparing his disciples for the time that he was going to leave them, and they didn't really understand it, but he told them that in this life, they would have trouble. So, folks, that's a promise. In this life, we're going to have trouble. How many of you have had troubles? We all have had our troubles, right? But we, needed to keep our, we need to keep our faith. So, what if you don't come from a heritage of faith? Some of you might say, well, gee, you know, that's not fair. That's what little kids say all the time. But Kelly, Kelly told us a, couple, uh, a month ago that we're not supposed to be comparing ourselves to others, but we need to walk our own walk. So if you haven't had that blessing of a heritage of faith, you can't go back and change your heritage. You can't change what's happened in the lives of the people behind you. But what you can do is you can put a stake in the ground and you can say, today I'm going to make a difference in the legacy that I leave behind. Whether you have children or not, it's what you are doing and how you are touching the lives of others is that's the legacy that you can leave behind. So I think it's important for us to think about those kind of things, and that's where kind of the count your blessings come in. When I was, before I came to this church, we were in Southern California, and I went to a church in Santa Clarita, and we had this for lack of a better term, kind of a seminar thing, for about six weeks, what we did was we made this timeline of our life. 
and we got little post-it notes and we started thinking about all those important events that happened in our life. And we kind of like put them on this timeline and then kind of we took another color post-it note and it's like, well, this event happened, but what was the spiritual significance of that event? So we thought about that and put that out. And, and I really, really wish that somewhere in my move, I, I can't find it anymore, but I wish I had kept it because it was amazing when you start looking at your life and, you know, you think, well, my, like I said, I have an ordinary life, but God really has been working all along. The, in, the, in the Old Testament times, when a special event would happen, what did the people do? They put up an altar. And they put up an altar just to remember those important events. And so I think it's important for us to sometimes take time to think about our lives and, like, what are the important events that, that make a difference? Well, obviously my story isn't over. Um, but I can look back and see how many events... They they might have at the time been very difficult or maybe even tragic, but they worked to shape me, to teach me, and most of all to help me know that I always need to put my trust in God. Well, I didn't ask mom when I first went to church, but I'm sure I was an infant. And I was in church really all my life. And the first church that I really remember was um, the Van Nuys Assembly of God Church. And we probably went there from the time I was maybe five or six, seven, eight years old. And I had a Sunday school teacher that just brought the Bible stories to life. And my very favorite Bible story was the story of Queen Esther. And I remember that she was so beautiful. But she was so brave because she had to stand up against the king, and he could have had her killed, but to stand up against the king to save her people. Well, our Sunday school teacher said that God put her in that place for such a time as this. He put her there for a special purpose, but that each one of us in the class had a special purpose. And we didn't know, because we were just little kids, we didn't know what our special purpose was, but that's what God has a special purpose for each one of us. And so for those of you that are in children's ministries or youth ministries or even young adult ministries, you have a very important job to do because you are in the business of shaping young lives. And, and you know, who knows that you may be getting them ready for something special in their life. Well, at the end of each quarter, the Sunday school teacher would give, we had these big posters with a picture and our memory verse at the bottom. And at the end of each quarter, they would give it to one of the children in the class, in the Sunday school class. And I don't remember how it was chosen, but I got that roll of posters. And so I had this great big poster of Queen Esther in my bedroom hanging up till well into my teens, probably until I got married. So that was, that was really something significant to me. Um, well, I, don't, I can't really tell you when I accepted the Lord. 
I know some people have a, you know, they, they know exactly the date and time and they remember all about it, but I was so little I really don't remember. I would say it sometime before I was seven. On my seventh birthday, my mom and dad gave me a Bible. Well, not a kitty Bible. It was a King James Version, and I read that Bible. So you don't have to, you know, even little ones can be impacted by the word. Well, also during that year, I got water baptized. And I do remember, because back then we had Sunday school, and then the kids came in and sat through church. That's what we did. And we sat through church, and our pastor was talking about being baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I'm thinking, I listened carefully, and I thought, I want to do that. And so when the altar call came, I went up to the front and I started praying. And I hear this little seven-year-old, and I was praying and praying and praying, and nothing really happened. And finally, it was time to go home, and my mom and dad came and got me, and they said, okay, well, we need to go home. Well, I really didn't want to go. I wanted to stay there. But mom says, you know, we can keep praying at home, and we did. And, and during that next week, God blessed me with a heavenly language, and so I was just this little tiny thing, but I, I received that. Well, God was getting me ready because some tough times were coming and I was going to need that supernatural power in my life. Well, a month after my eighth birthday, my daddy went to work. He kissed us all goodbye, went to the truck, and for some reason stopped and came back in, kissed us all up goodbye a second time. He went to work, and he never came home. He was killed on a construction accident. So here my mom was left with three little girls. At that point, I wasn't the favorite. She loved us all. Um, as three little girls, and what is she going to do? Well, where's the blessing in that? You know, you know how, when you're counting your blessings, where's the blessing in that? Well, um, I was one of those kids that was born kind of old for my, you know, born old. And I really felt responsible to help my mom with my two little sisters. And my mom decided, well, she wasn't going to just sit back and, you know, she trusted God, put her faith in him. She decided she would go to school, become a teacher. That was one of her lifetime goals. So she became a teacher. My aunt and my uncle helped to take care of us kids, and we loved it. You know, we loved being with our cousins. And so there were blessings there. And, she, you know, she, she went to school. She studied hard. She got, you know, made the honor roll, and she, she did it even with taking care of these three little girls. Um, because, you know, talk about counting your blessings, because he died on a work accident, he didn't have life insurance because 28-year-olds don't die, do they? But, you know, he, she got money that helped pay for the car and, you know, have paid the car off, paid the house off. So we had a place to live and, you know, God took care of us. Pastor, mom said the pastor told her, well, Dolores, you really have a good hand on God. And she said, no, pastor, he's got a good handle on me. He held her tight and he got us through that, that very tough time. Well, mom remarried, and I got two older brothers and a younger sister. 
So there were some blessings there. We were kind of a Brady Bunch family. We blended really well. Um, I love my brothers, my two brothers and my sisters. And in October of 1967, my brother got drafted. And this is right in the middle of the Vietnam War. Well, in this, we lived in Mission Hills in Southern California, and in Chatsworth, there's a young man that was supposed to be drafted, but he got really, really sick. He had this fever. Nobody could explain it. Nobody knew what it was. He was so sick, he was in the hospital for about three weeks, and he couldn't, join, couldn't go into the service at the time he was supposed to go. And, like, where's the blessing in that? Well, he, he got through this illness got better, and then in October of 1967, his turn to be drafted came again. So these two young men went into the army, they went to Fort Ord, they went through basic training, and they found out, gee, we only live a few miles apart, and they became buddies. Well, when they came home on their leave, they went out to the mountains, target practicing with my dad, and my brother shot his friend, accidentally, of course, but it, the bullet went through his leg, just through the fatty product, part of the leg, and like, oh, okay, where's the blessing in that? Well, it didn't hit a bone, you know, and he was okay. And well, so after they, after they did that, I met this young man, and he became my husband. We wrote letters back and forth while, all the time he was in Vietnam. And um, we fell in love, writing letters. He had a wonderful family. I've, I, I say his parents fell in love with me before he did. You know, he didn't have a chance when he got home. And so we got married. We were, I was all of 18. I had my life planned out. I knew exactly what was going to happen in my life. I was going to go to nursing school. I was going to buy a house. I was going to have a baby. You know, I was going to work. And life was going to be wonderful. And I knew exactly what was going to happen. Well, guess what? <laughs> didn't really. You know, when you're 18, you kind of think that thing. But anyway, I went to nursing school. Um, when I was in high school, I had taken a hospital occupations course and learned, it was able to work in, work in um, the hospital as a nurse's aide. So God had worked out all these things. Uh, in my life, I actually had decided when I was three that I wanted to be a nurse. But I went to nursing school, got my first job, um, got a job working in an emergency room in a little hospital, and it was a really dark, dark, dark place. And um, they told us we couldn't go on the fourth floor because the, the rumor was that's where the mafia was. It's like, oh my goodness, it was a dark, dark place. Well, I did my best, and I worked there, and, and so I worked there. But then they called, and we were very short-staffed, and they called me one weekend to work, and I said, no, I really can't work this weekend. We've got family plans. I really can't. Well, the next day, I got a telegram at home saying, I was fired because my inability or unwillingness to work during a critical nursing shortage Okay, well, that makes sense, right? You fire your nurse? But anyway, so, so where's the blessing in that? Well, the blessing was within the two weeks that they paid me, they gave me that, that um, severance pay in lieu of notice. I had another job working in a recovery room, which had, okay, my first job, I made $4.01 an hour. I got a $0.25 cent an hour raise. Right. So anyway, I got the job at the recovery room. I worked, and it was great, and my, you know, my boss was great, and I learned so much. 
got pregnant and then I didn't want to work full time when I when I had the baby so I quit after 11 months stayed home with my babies um, got a job later working part-time back at the hospital that I had worked at when I was in high school. So they gave me a job, and, and I worked sometimes in the emergency room there because I'd had that emergency room experience, right? And then I had another baby, and I was, then I was working on, the, like, the med surge floor, and that really wasn't my goal, you know, in life, but I was happy working there. And uh, one of the nurses said, um, don't let me back up. I was working there, and I... We had to work weekends, right? As nurses do. And the man in my church said, you know, you really miss a lot of church. And I said, well, you know, I don't really have a lot of choice because I am a nurse and I have to work weekends. He says, well, I'm going to pray that you get another job. And I said, go ahead. You do that. Well, three weeks later, one of the nurses from the recovery room there at the hospital said, you know, we're shorthanded, and you told me that you worked in a recovery room. Would you be interested in coming to work for us? And so I talked to the nursing supervisor, and she said, well, yeah, we'd love to have you. And so I transferred from the med surge floor to the recovery room, working Monday through Friday in the evenings. So I went to church and I said, yeah, you know, have you been praying for me? He said, oh, yes, I've been praying for you every day. So, you know, sometimes, sometimes we don't even know what we want, but God blesses us anyway. So we did that. Um, later, the kids got bigger. They were going to school, so I switched to the day shift. They brought me into the operating room, so I started working there. Um, I had some issues with one of the nurses there. She would kind of sabotage me. Um, you know, you'd have to get things ready for the day before, and then I'd get in there and things would be missing. It's like, well, where's the blessing in that? Well, the blessing was that they, 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 I didn't report it. I just was praying about it. Well, I got a promotion, and I went to the outpatient surgery center, and that basically changed the whole route of my whole career. And, you know, I went on to be in charge of the, the outpatient surgery center. Um, I went to a hospital, later went to a hospital, well, this was interesting too. They, the the my supervisor in the operating room was retiring, and so the director of nurses asked me if I would apply for this director job, and I said, "Okay, sure." Well, I was praying about it, and and you know, um, God gave me a scripture, and actually, when when I was young, mom taught us to when we wanted to memorize things, to put it as a song to it, because it's so easy to memorize songs. So I would put, put Bible verses to a song, and, and this one was the Bible verse that, that I was praying about. It says, and now it's um, 1 John 5, 14, and 15. Now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, Whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have of him. Sounds like I'm going to get the job, right? No, I didn't get it. Well, it's like, okay, where, where's the blessing in that? I was disappointed. But then when you go back to look at that verse, it's if we ask anything according to his will. So when we pray according to his will, not ours, not what we think is best, but according to his will, 
he had something better for me. So, you know, the, the man that got the job, um, he had some struggles. And, and uh, one day I got an, an offer to take another position at a hospital in Hollywood. And so I took that job and then I needed to resign. And this probably wasn't very nice. But I said, Richard, God loved me best. He, he gave you the job. And, I, and I'm leaving because I've got another one. Anyway, I got a 25% raise that time too. So, you know, God really did help and bless me. Even times when I thought, well, where's the blessing in this? You know, if you count your blessings, sometimes you have to wait a little later to kind of look back and see how he has worked. Well, different things um, happened and, and we... Um, we we had a we bought a, had bought a house when we were looking to buy our first house. Um, the deal fell through three times. We put offers on houses and the deals kept falling through, and so we found this fourth house. It was in Silmar. Well, some of you might remember in 1970, Silmar had a huge earthquake. Well, the I figured the dirt had settled by then and we could buy a house in Silmar. So we had been praying about it. And when we put the offer on the house, this couple said, well, we need to pray about it first before we accept this offer. Well, I thought, well, my goodness, I've been praying about it. And if these people want to pray about it, I guess if this goes through, that that really means it's God's will. Well, they prayed about it and they gave us the house and we bought the house in Silmar and we lived there for 16 years. Well, during that time, uh, we got robbed three times. Well, you know, where's the blessing in that? Well, the last time we finally said, okay, we're going to move again. And um, we bought a house in Santa Clarita. And, you know, we sold one house, did well, you know, bought another house. And we lived in the house in Santa Clarita for 18 years. And, you know, God was good to me, and we had, I had several jobs, but it, it was like I had this kind of, seemed like bad luck, because I got a job, and then I, I went back to a surgery center in Mission Hills, and then I got an offer to go to another surgery center in Beverly Hills, and we built another surgery center in North Hollywood, and then we went bankrupt, and then North Hollywood one, and they sold the Beverly Hills one, and okay, like, where's the blessing in that? Okay, well, they offered me my job back at Holy Cross, and so I went back there, and, you know, that was a blessing, and then they offered me a job up here in Roseville. So if you told me at Christmas in 2006 that by Easter 2007, I was going to live 400 miles north. I mean, I, after, after I was like two years old, I never lived outside of L.A. County. But I moved up here, came, started coming to this church. We had, we had uh, nieces and nephews that were, were um, living in this area, and they came to this church. So I, I came here. Um, I, I went to my first women's retreat thinking, oh, Lord, I need to be blessed. I need, I need something from this because it was kind of scary moving that far away. Remember when we talked about Abraham moving 400 miles? You know, it's scary doing that kind of a thing. But I really felt like God had made us do this. So I went to this retreat thinking, oh, Lord, I need to be blessed. Well, guess what happened? Instead of blessing me, 
he used me to minister to other people. And as I got to know them and pray with them, and you know, it was really, it was a really very special time because you know I kind of got to know some people and bonded with them. And you know, since I've been up here, I had the job in Roseville. I quit that job, built this, helped build the um, surgical hospital here in Yuba City. Ended up getting fired from that job. It's like, well, I didn't really do anything. They couldn't really explain to me why they were firing me because I could tell you some things, reasons why. But, you know, where's the blessing in that? Well, while I was home, um, well, I got a job with, they gave me two months severance pay when I got fired. Well, within a month, I had another job with a 25% pay increase again. So there was a blessing there. Um, that was with, is with Sutter, and about three years after that, Sutter took over those surgery centers, and they said nobody was going to lose a job, but that wasn't true because I lost mine. They didn't offer me the position, so it's like, okay, I'm out of a job again. Where's the blessing in that? Well, two weeks after I was laid off, I fell, broke my arm, Okay, where's the blessing in that? I've got a plate and eight screws in this arm. Well, what happened was I had seven months off. And I had always thought, oh my gosh, I'll never want to retire. Who wants to sit around the house all day? Well, I learned, you know, I can relax. And I can enjoy this. And God just refreshed me during that period of time and it was just such a real blessing you know like who would think that you know getting fired breaking your arm could be a blessing but it really was and so I, I relaxed I enjoyed it and then when when time came I, I decided that I was going to go back to work in January so I started interviewing in December and I interviewed with this this gentleman who was going to build a surgery center and well, actually, he had a surgery center, and um, or, uh, they they were going to build the surgery center, and it was supposed to be a, a surgery center based on gynecology. And it was like I was excited. No, this is going to be fun because actually, way back in the dark ages, when I first became a nurse, I wanted to be an OB nurse. That was really what I wanted to be. I didn't really care about surgery. I did, you know, I almost fainted the first time I was in a surgery. But um, I thought, okay, well, this is great. And I went through the interview, and he was ready to offer me the job. And all of a sudden, I went, oh, oh no, I forgot to ask a question. I said, okay, I, I know you're going to do a lot of gynecology outpatient surgeries. Are you planning on doing abortions there? And he started hemming and hawing. And it's like, oh, and I'm, th and I'm thinking, oh, my gosh. He says, well, he said, matter of fact, um, the doctors involved are all very staunch Catholics. And so they won't do them. And I said, thank you, Lord. You know, that was the answer. He was a, a thinking I was going to be offended by that answer, but I was obviously very, very excited about that answer. So we built the surgery center, and it had a birthing center with it. Well, it was great. We spent $3 million building the surgery center and birthing center, but the people that built it had more money than common sense. And after six months, they decided they weren't making a profit yet. And so they closed it. 
So where's the blessing in that? Well, I ended up getting another job. And, you know, I, I've had a couple other jobs since then. Um, I ended up back at that same facility with my last job. Um, and I knew the facility well because, you know, basically I was instrumental in building it and putting it all together. So that's where I retired from in, in 2019, right before the pandemic. Thank you, Lord. So, you know, I've had an ordinary life, you know, ups and downs. And, and when I put together these verses, you know, to share with you, um, this, the second song that, that we, the worship team played today talked about, you know, God works all things together for our good. You know, as I look through my life, there were a lot of these times that really devastated me, you know, Nobody likes getting fired, especially when you hadn't done anything and they really couldn't explain why they were firing you, but you didn't have a job anymore. And, you know, there were a couple of times when my husband lost his job and it wasn't fair. You know, he got, he got um, laid off when we ex didn't expect it. And, and, you know, and again, we thought, well, this isn't fair, but as we all know, life isn't fair. But God brought us through and got us through all these things. And, you know, it's, it's sometimes it's, we have to be really careful when we're talking to people and they're going through these struggles. And sometimes really, you know, the world is going through some awful times and, you know, with the, with the shootings and the, you know, the senseless killings. Well, you, can, you know, you hear this verse, well, God works all things together for good. Well, what good can come of some of these things? I think we have to be careful when we're talking to people and very sensitive because, you know, if you throw out, well, God works all things together for good, so just count your blessings. You know, that's not very comforting. But what happens is, you know, if you love people and you help them just to trust God and hang on through all the tough and you know difficult times and encourage them in that way, and then down the road we can look back and see how God really does work all things together for our good. And we can count the blessings. And like this song says, it doesn't say, oh, just count your blessings. You know, it's wonderful. But it's like when the, when the tempest tossed and when we're discouraged and we think all is lost, well, we've all been there, right? But our heritage might be, positive, might be full of faith or you might be establishing your own legacy of faith. But what I want to encourage you all today to is that no matter what you're going through, God is there as long as we hang on. Thank you so much for listening, and hopefully this has blessed some of you today. Let's, let's pray. Lord, thank you for your blessings. You know, it's, it's impossible to count the blessings that you've given us. And, you know, going through the scriptures and the Psalms, it talks about, Lord, you created everything for us and so many things. And you have us no matter whether we're, you're the God of the mountains, like the first song was today, and the God of the valleys. So you're with us no matter where we go. You have all things working together for our good. And, you know, we may not be rich and we may not be famous and we may look at our lives and their ordinary lives, but, Lord, as long as we're following after you, you have a purpose for us, Lord. Help us to hang on to that and always put our eyes steady and fixed on you so that we walk 
in the path that you have set for us. Thank you, Lord. We pray that your blessing upon Pastor Chris and Bibi as they're, and their family as they're out camping, Lord. Give them a time of refreshing. Help them to, Lord, just to relax and enjoy the beautiful blessings of nature. We pray for all those people that are out, out uh, in watching online, that you'll bless their lives, bless the people that are here, Lord. And even thank you for the blessing of the rain today that we need so desperately here. Lord, you are so good, and we love you when we ask your blessing on this, this church, family, and in Jesus' name, amen.